You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard and Howard Griffin. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Howard Griffith, and Howard. Let's just jump right into this because... Is this the week that the West gets settled? The Big Ten West, I I was looking at all the different possible scenarios. I thought Illinois had it. I thought your alma mater was in like Flynn, but that's not necessarily so. What's what's going on in the Big Ten West, man? Hey, it's up for grabs right now, but Illinois is in the driver's seat. If they are able to pull pull off the win this week versus Purdue, then, you know, you might as well uh, say they're headed to Indy. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things they still got to play. And the interesting thing, though, is from Purdue's side, I mean, they've been so wildly inconsistent this year. When yeah. uh, that offensive line is not taking care of Aiden, uh, he struggles throwing the football. And it really shows on film uh, because this is a big guy. When, when he's in a rhythm and he's feeling good about himself and feeling good about what's happening, I mean, he's a high 70 uh, percent uh, completion percentage is what he has. But when he's uh, when he's down and it's – it's a little shaky. Things get rough for that entire offense. So, you know, Illinois is going to look to have to be able to put some pressure on them. But they also have to figure out what Purdue team is going to show up because really the last three weeks, counting thereby, it really has not looked like they've been playing inspired football. I I can't – I really don't know because I thought well, – I'm like, well, maybe Aiden O'Connell is injured. Like, what is going on with Purdue? It's Because you're right. The one thing that Purdue – has always been able to do is score a ton of points. But lately, mm-hmm. I mean, when you play Iowa, okay, I get it. The joke is always take the, whatever the Iowa game, take the under. Iowa showed up. Iowa scored touchdowns. I didn't think that Purdue would struggle like this. I I can't quite put my finger on this team because I'd be, I'd be honest with you, mm-hmm. Howard, I thought Purdue was going to represent the West because they were fortunate enough that they didn't have to play at the beginning of the season – they didn't have to play uh, Michigan, Michigan State, or Ohio State. I right. got to think if you're in the West, that's like your dream schedule. It was set up. Right. It was set up. Really go ahead and take care of business. And, and honestly, when I saw them in the spring and then saw them in the summer, you know, I thought this was a team that had a chance. I mean, listen, I, I didn't know how, how good Jones was going to be coming over from Iowa, but he has ter- certainly uh, put the conference <laughs> on notice. That when he's out there, they're going to find a way to get him the football, even in losses. Right. Well, he he, he looks like he's be, he belonged on that school. Purdue team a long time ago. Never yeah. should have went to Iowa. Yeah, yeah. It, it should have. Uh, it's just been one of those things. But like I said, they just have not been able to to put it all together. And uh, I, I guarantee you, Illinois is hoping that, that they don't put it all together this week. Uh, listen, then, Illinois has got a good defense, and they can pressure the quarterback, so they'll rely upon that. But, you know, they've got to get, to, get into a situation uh, where they can convert on third down so they're not – in a position where they have to go for it on fourth. And, and some of those fourth down attempts were 
were late in the game when they really tried, needed to, to use all four downs to try to get a first because of where they were as far as the deficit was concerned. But, you know, this Illinois team's got to bounce back. you got to yeah. be physical with the line of scrimmage and got to get uh, Chase Brown running the football. The other thing they've got to do, they only, you know, they had, I believe, three fumbles in that game. They only lost one. But you know the energy that, that a fumble takes out of a drive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, you're able to recover it, but, you know, it's not often that you're able to recover it downfield. Normally it happens somewhere uh, one to two yards or in the backfield somewhere, and they had some of those going on last week. But yeah, but that's been a problem for them all season long. It's just is is the fumble, and I mean, is it just one of those things? Is it's an aberration for this year, or I mean, I know every coach stresses ball security, but some yeah. more than others. But yeah, you're right. The way they they lose the ball, and it's just like, come on, Chase Brown, you're trying to get to the NFL. You you can't yeah. give up the fumbles. But I guess the bigger question I have for Illinois is. You know, are you able to 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 shake off last week and get back on track? Because I, I do think that Howard, it felt like they stepped out of being who they were last week. When all of a sudden they were down, they 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 pressed and and it was I didn't understand it because I didn't think that they needed to against Michigan State, but yeah. they just looked out of character and I, and I didn't understand the reason why. Yeah, I think Michigan State had a lot to do with it. To be quite honest with you. Um, you know, listen, I, I, they had their backs against the wall coming into this game uh, and nobody really giving them a chance having to go on the road, which I thought was probably the best way for them to go ahead and attack last week. But, you know, they were playing some inspired football and they were they took Illinois to the brink and obviously won the football game. But, you know, over the course of, of a year, you know, remember, Brett, this is the second year here at, at Illinois and he's still he's still preaching some of the same things he needs to with a with a young team. And, you know, they've got to find ways to, to be able to execute and can't get, get behind. Quite frankly, that's not where they want to be. They want to be able to control the line of scrimmage with the run and be able to force their opponent to, you know, turn the ball over because that's where they've had a lot of success and they weren't able to get that done last week. And then, Howard, the other game in the West, I guess people will be looking at, and I think it's going to be an even evenly matched game. Heck, Vegas is even saying the same thing. It's a one-point uh, Wisconsin, a one-point favorite, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Iowa. As much as I'm scratching my head about Purdue, what got, has gotten into Iowa? Because, hey, welcome to the Big Ten. You're about four or five weeks late. But, yeah. hey, welcome to the party. We saved you a slice of cake. Yeah, exactly. I mean, talk about being able to run the ball. Johnson goes for 200 yards. They're freshman running back. They're throwing the ball all over the place. Of all the teams that were going to throw the ball last week, if you had to pick one, it wouldn't have been Iowa. <laughs> and, right. and they found a way to get it done. Petrus is, you know, just throwing it around. So, you know, I, I thought they were able to really uh, utilize the, the, the throw game last week and finding ways to get the porter open because he's a talented tight end that's going to be playing on Sundays. And, and they like, find, continue to find ways to, to get him the rock. But this is going to be an interesting test for him because uh, you talk about this Wisconsin team, they're playing inspired football as well. And you talk about, you know, playing for their coach, uh, trying to, to get Jim Leonard this job. And really, they started to come into their own on the defensive side, which was pretty impressive. Listen, I think they're still going to struggle offensively with the pass game with Graham Mertz. That's just what it is. But if they can run the football, um, you know, they can, they'll be able to have some success. But it's not easy running against this Iowa uh, defense. So it's, it's going to be a much better matchup than we thought it was going to be uh, three weeks, three or four weeks ago. 
And it's funny, you mentioned something, and I'm going to get to it in a second, Howard, but it's funny because when we talk about Wisconsin football, I, I guess I just kind of assume that that's Coach Leonard's job. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're really going to even do much of a search because he was already a hot name for other teams. I kind of felt like they made that move to give him enough time to show that he can handle it. But I don't think that – I think Wisconsin may be the only team without a coach that already has their coach. They just haven't <laughs> taken that interim name off yet. Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, right? I think – what the Badgers need is is a drastic change from what they were doing. And I think we've talked about this, but when you look at Northwestern, talking about teams in the West, you look at Northwestern, you look at Iowa, you look at Wisconsin. Yes, they've been able to have success doing things the way they do it. But quite frankly, this is not how college football and the elite programs are, are run right now. I mean, they have huge back offices. I, I think you can go, you look at Rutgers, you look, you look at Ohio State, you can look across the country. I think I counted... 55 of 56 support people at the Tennessee Volunteers organization. Yeah. And that's what they have listed on their website. That's not counting the <laughs> coaches, but 55 to 56 people that are just supporting the program. Right. Uh, whether it's recruiting, NIL, um, you know, student development, all these different uh, arenas recruiting, they're out there. And I think if you look at the programs that I just mentioned, they'll probably have some of the smaller back offices of, of any school really in the Big Ten right now. So they're going to have to, I think Wisconsin, one of the things, are they going to change? Are they going to be committed to changing? And I think that's something that the Coach Leonard has to be willing to do uh, because that's not necessarily how they've run things in, in previous years. It's not how they've done it. But this is where, you know, being able to, to compete at a high level on the recruiting trail, I mean, they. I don't even think they right now have a uh, a person, just one person for recruiting. This the re, that has a title, recruiting director. Uh, I don't even think they have that. So, you know, those are some things that they have to do. And I'm not saying that they they don't want to, but I think if they get on board to what what's going on in, in college athletics as far as the recruiting and NIL and, and all the back office uh, support staff that, that we're seeing sprout up all over the country now. Um, I think they can get right back into the in the hunt, but uh, that's going to have to come from the athletic director. That's going to have to come from the head coach that's taken over uh, and really, quite frankly, demanding these are the things that we need if we, if we want to be able to compete and compete at the highest level in college athletics. See, it's funny. Uh, we kind of talked about it, that on our show yesterday. Mm-hmm. Why is it so hard to recruit? The for the teams in the West because you know I, I know your partner Jerry Donardo lives and dies by recruiting, yeah. And and you look at the teams and and you know Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan always seem like they're within the top fifteen. You you'll yeah. even see uh, you know Michigan State and, and, and Maryland they're somewhere between you know twenty to thirty, mm-hmm. and then it's like okay you got five teams over in the East and then your first team in the West may jump in at like around 38 to 40. What What is yeah. it, what's the challenge of for the teams in the West that they just can't bring in the same amount of talent that the, the teams in the East can? Well, listen, I, I think it has a lot to do with what's happening on the field. I mean, that's a big part of it as well. Uh, and and I, I think when you talk about the, the teams that have represented the West in the, in the Big Ten Championship games, and I mentioned them, Northwestern, you know, Iowa and uh, Wisconsin, that have, that have had an opportunity to really have chances to, to take that next step, particularly with, with the Badgers. Um, 
they they don't recruit that way. They they recruit a little slower. Um, they don't necessarily go after uh, the highly rated players, which you know there's there's a thought process behind that because even there at Michigan State, we saw when Coach uh, Mark D'Antonio started to go after those higher four and five star players. Right. It, it kind of set a it set the program back, quite frankly. I think it was what the 2016 class, right? But the 2017 class, well, I mean, it was really a talented group. No, but see, here's the thing: he went after talent. And 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 that group, man, that was putting gasoline and matches together. He didn't realize. He, I think, at that point, he stepped way out of his comfort zone. But when you look at that, the twenty thirteen to twenty fifteen years, mm-hmm. those were all a lot of guys. They were local guys, but yeah, they were they were the four and five star talent players mm-hmm. that they went out and got. And he yeah. mixed in the Trey Waynes and the Darquez Deniers and the Shalee Calhouns, but yeah. you had your Lawrence Thomases, you, you had your Malik McDowell's before he went off the deep end. Mm-hmm. You, you had your players, but yeah, you're right. When he went 2016, at that point, I think he just said, you know what, I'm going to go national and bring in as many players as I can. And that, yeah, that that's that's what set him back. But, yeah. I, but see, I always said I thought that was his mistake because – even though you made a mistake, you can't stop. Okay, we had a bad class. What did you learn from that? We still got to go out and keep recruiting that way. Yeah. Because if you just say, nah, that's not for us, it, it, just taking that Michigan State team, for example, yeah. it set them back for the next few years where, yeah, you saw as guys graduated, the next person wasn't there, mm-hmm. and it just got progressively worse and worse until – you know, he ended up walking away, and that class he brought in, I think only three people are left from his last class. So it it, it, it was like, I'm not saying you give up, but I do think that in the West, you do have to go out and swing for the fences because I, yeah. I don't think that this you is do. acceptable. You let, me, let me throw this one out at you, too, talking about Michigan State as well with, with their recruiting process. It was during that – it was coming off, first of all, it was coming off that Georgia game. Yeah. Uh, when you really felt like, okay, we've got to do a better job recruiting. That's fine. But but I think the challenge becomes, you know, being able to, to develop those guys when they get there and, and being able to identify who it is um, you really need to go after and who's going to be a good fit. And that's always going to be difficult. But, you know, I think when we switch back over to the West, you know, they're trying to figure it out. They, they, they really are. And I think um, when you look at guys uh, like Brett Bielema, who's been in the SEC, he's seen what back offices are looking like. He started, he's built his back office. Really, he's built that up. Uh, yeah. you, you look at uh, Minnesota, you know, they still have some challenges recruiting, but, you know, that's a program that should be able to dominate in recruiting because, you know, they're right there in Minnesota. But again, you still have to get those players to, to be able to come north. And it's, you know, it's a little bit of a challenge sometimes uh, in some of those recruiting trips. But listen, he's got a chance, I think, to, you know, win nine games this year. And, and that would be, you know, an outstanding feat. So I, I think it's a slow burn. I think you have to continue to stick with it. But I, I think ultimately, you know, when you are a national brand like the Michigans, like you know, the Ohio State, uh, Penn State, and Michigan State is coming on because of what Tucker is doing on the recruiting side of it as well and also on the field. You have to be able to be 24-7 has to be recruiting. Yeah. That's what it has to be. It's 24-7. And, and 
if you're not buying into that mentality and, and you're thinking at all, oh, well, we can take a month off here, we can take a month off there. No, it, it doesn't stop. Those recruits, they when they want to make that swing to the Midwest and they want to hit Ohio, they want to hit Michigan and hit Michigan Man. State as well, somebody's got to be there. A coach has to be there. The head coach particularly, you would love for him to be there because you know, he doesn't obviously have a chance to go off campus as much. And you got to be around the program. And, and that's what it ultimately is going to take. And, you know, it's not that way necessarily in the West. I think things are going to have to change, particularly if, if you continue to go with, with my theory, this is going to be one conference. And, you know, it, it's going to be tougher and tougher to, to, to win championships. But if you don't have the players, you're guaranteeing yourself a chance not to win. Right. See, I thought Nebraska was the team that was about to get that reestablished. Just even going back, not just Adrian Martinez, but with Taylor Martinez, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, they went in, they got the QB, and that normally if you get that quarterback, you could draw other people in. Yeah. But for some reason, it just didn't work. But I, I really thought that Nebraska was about to be that team that went back to bringing in the big name recruits because Howard, they have that brand that the yeah. the, the block in that red in means something out in the Midwest. And I thought, okay, with Scott Frost there, okay, they're going to get a better type of player there. And and I always thought that the both Martinez's, they're not brothers, but I always called them Martinez brothers, was going to be able to take them over the the, the top, and and, and you couldn't. So I I guess, I mean, it's and we kind of hinted about this in a few episodes ago. If you're Nebraska, is it as simple as you you go out and, and you just go pay as much money as you can to an Urban Meyer or to that top coach that's out there just to kind of reestablish your brand? Well, we go back and we think about when Nebraska was really rolling. and It's, it's been some time, but, you know, Bo Pelini had him rolling, too. He was winning True. that game, and they ran him out of town, right? So, but it was more so, I think, of what the, what the image looked like on television when uh, Bo would get after his players, but... You know, they've been trying to, to find that next guy, and it's been a, a, a swing and a miss each time. But I think what they have to be able to do is they have to be able to go into uh, back into Texas because that's when they were rolling. Yeah. When they were able to get into Texas. They got a lot of players from out there. And then, quite frankly, um, you know, when when Bo was there, they were going into Ohio. I mean, they were – they were beating Michigan State on players in Ohio because it was a time for a stretch. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
where Ohio State wasn't even getting Ohio. They didn't want the players at Ohio State. You're right. In the state of Ohio because they, they thought they could get better up elsewhere, and they did. Yeah, they and would we, take, like, the top player in Ohio and say, y'all can have the rest. Yeah, y'all can have the rest, right, exactly. And quite frankly, Michigan State was able to take advantage of that, and Nebraska was able to take advantage of that, and they had things really rolling. Um, so, I, I, again, I, I think you have to be – uh, committed to recruiting 24-7, and you have to have a dynamic staff. And if you make a mistake and, and somebody's not working out on the staff, you have to be quick to pivot and, and, and make some adjustments. And, and I'll go back to Illinois with uh, Barry Lind Lind Lindy Jr., uh, the offense coordinator. They just extended him yesterday, you know, and, and Bielema goes back to when he was a high school coach. He's been watching him. And now, you know, he's running that offense and got that thing smoking, and, and they're going to be able to do a good job recruiting. So you You're know, right. And, See, as I think all of the noise, and, and they talked about it on the broadcast, I think it was either Matt Millen brought it up. They just need a, a, a receiver who could take the, take the yeah. go deep and take the top off. and mm -hmm. Because, yeah, yeah, coming back in that game, there was no deep threat. Like, yeah. Illinois, man, it, it reminds me of Wisconsin 10 years ago when Bielema was there. Pound the ball, pound the ball, tight end, tight end, pound the ball. But you're right. You always had that one receiver that mm -hmm. you could just stretch the field with. And I think, yeah, you're right. If you're Illinois, that's your top priority right there when you go into this recruiting cycle is, is, is to try to pick up that person. But, yeah, I, I just look at these teams, man, like Northwestern. I, 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 I laugh, but I'm like, my goodness, if that stadium looks anything like you know, the, the artist rendition, it, it looks like SoFi Stadium out in, in, in L.A. Except for it's just a smaller version. That has to be able to draw more kids to Northwestern. Because I'm thinking, you're Northwestern. Why are you building this gigantic brand new facility and not really investing in trying to bring the players there? Yeah, well, you know, they'll tell you they can only get a certain, yeah. they can only recruit a certain, they'll, they'll tell you that one. Um, I don't necessarily, I, I listen, I, I have a great deal of respect for the way they do their business. Um, and I understand the challenges that they have. But, you know, yes, they have a beautiful facility uh, for their student athletes, but that's for the student athletes that are on campus. Those, these brand new facilities don't help recruiting. They're not, I don't believe that they actually help on the recruiting side because, I mean, it, they're for the players that are on campus. These, these young people today are, are choosing the best place right now, you have to throw this into it where, where they can get the most NIL money. Right. And you know, see, they have a relationship with the coaching staff there. But see, Howard, that's, that's funny because, like, when you did your recruiting visits with your son, I, I guess I'm yeah. thinking if you told me, okay, well, this will be built by the time your kid gets here, technically it it, it will be for him. And it's it, I, th I always thought it was like that little carrot that you dangle out there like, Hey man, you you could have a brand new building, top state of the art facilities, you know, weight rooms and all of that stuff. It's not here now, but guess what? You're not here now either. But it right. will be by the time you get here. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and you think that's a selling point, but at the end of the day, the, the young people now, I, I just don't see it necessarily happening. I mean, you look at Ohio State right now; it's on top recruiting wise, and you got twenty one commits, a five star, and nineteen uh, four star players. Their, their facility is terrible, quite frankly. I mean, it is. And I think they'll tell you it's terrible. Uh, they, they need a new facility. But one of their challenges is that they're landlocked. 
I mean, there, there's really nowhere for them to go outside of tearing down the Woody and displacing uh, the team for what, a year, two years. Uh, and that's probably not feasible. Um, you look at the next team on the list. I mean, you know, Penn State is always doing something. They're improving their facilities. They've made changes just since we've been covering them. You know, they've probably built on that facility or they'll be going into their second weight room. We've been, you know, for six, this will be our 16th year or 15th um, yeah. as far as broadcasting. This will be their second, um, you know, let's go rehabbing their weight room and other areas of their facility. So they've done it. Michigan's done it. Iowa, you know, Iowa has a brand new facility, but it doesn't really help them on the recruiting front. Northwestern, the same thing. Purdue, I mean, not Purdue has a brand new facility. It doesn't really help them. So, You know, I think it's great for the players that are on campus. I just don't know that it's going to do very much for you uh, on the recruiting trail because there are just so many there are just so many things and so many factors that are out there, Uh, whether it's staff, offensive uh, philosophy, just how aggressive you are recruiting. If you don't again, I I go back to this. If you don't have the the aggressive recruiters, you don't have a chance. You're not you're not going to be in the game. It's just not the way it's going to, you know, going to pan out. So basically, like you're saying that a lot of the teams just doesn't have that extended recruiting staffs where it's just, okay, that's a whole separate wing and division. It's not just on our nine coaches that we can send out in the field. Yeah, it, it really isn't. I mean, you, you, somebody's got to evaluate them. And, and I think one of the things you do, right. Just, just, you know, and I know they do it now at Michigan state and say running that, running that department there. Yeah, he left Wisconsin. Yeah. He came over because he couldn't have the freedom. To, to get the players that he needed to get. But it's about, it's about okay, before I see him, if I'm the running back coach, before I see him, there are several GAs, the player development department, the head of that department, it's already, we know what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just need to pick one of these five or six guys that are there. But we already know that once, once that tape hits my computer and gets to me, I already know what that player can do. I already know that he could possibly be a fit from an athletic standpoint. Now it's about us trying to figure out, you know, what, how's he going to fit in? How are they going to uh, utilize him? You know, what's the relationship? Some of those things. But there, you know, you've got to dig into that. And the position coach shouldn't be the one that's breaking down the film at all. I mean, in most programs, that's not the way it works anyway. But there should be a whole other department that handles all of that. So by the time I'm looking at the film, you know, we know exactly what, what we're looking at. Right, yeah. That's I, the way it's got to be. Right, because I got to figure, it's like, okay, you know what? If you looked at 50 people, show me the best five. And you mm-hmm. already know, <laughs> you already know the 45 that I'm like, yeah, maybe you got a couple in there like, film ain't that great, but maybe you want to give them a shot. Let's meet them in person. But you're right. Mm-hmm. It it just seems to me that, I, I don't know, is is what will it take, I guess, to get, I guess the question, like, what is it going to take for, like, the P.J. Flex of the world to kind of step into that and start doing that? Or, like, for say, if, if you're in Nebraska, do you just go out and throw some money at a big-name coach? Because I've often thought it would be mm-hmm. so much easier to recruit the West because the first team to do this, Howard, will run the run that division. Now, I know divisions may go away. Yeah. But they, they've been there for a while, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, the first team that actually does this – and really ups their game, you're going to have a competitive advantage over everybody else, and you're going to be that team that's constantly going to Indianapolis. Yeah, you will. I mean, 
I think like right now you look at the rankings for the 2023 class, right? It's, you know, Northwestern's on top, but they've got 19 commits followed by Nebraska. And we're talking about just in the big 10 conference followed by Nebraska with 15 Purdue with 19, you know, those are your, your top three uh, teams out of, out of the West. And uh, you know, Nebraska, Iowa being right there at number four. So you, you've got those three, actually those four, Iowa, Northwestern, Nebraska, and Purdue. Um, but they have 19 commits, 15 commits, right. 19 commits, respectively. So, you know, they have to get in and, and make some decisions and make them really quickly. And Illinois has got 18 commits, but, you know, they're number 11. You know, so it, it's a little bit of a struggle. And, and you even look at that, 17 of those guys are three-star. So it really comes down to you, player you development. Live. In the West, you live with a lot of three-star players. Matter of fact, there's only one five-star Right now, of those teams that I mentioned, and he, he's committed to Iowa, and I, I'm almost oh, the sure lineman. to be an offensive lineman. Yep, yeah, yeah, the, the old lineman. I think he's from there as well. Yep, he is. Yep. Um, he is. So yeah, so what basically? Is, so it's really about, I guess, if you can't get that recruiting staff, then you what? You got to invest in player development, then. Yeah, you you do, and that's what those that's what those programs have done. And you know, the other challenge is this, right? You can go recruit those five four- and five-star players, but do you have a legitimate shot at getting them? That's the other side of, of the conversation, that everybody wants to go out and recruit those, those players, but do you have a realistic shot in getting them? And that's part of the stuff you find out, you know, early in the process when you can start having communication with them. But that's when, man, that's when you have to have that guy on the yeah. recruiting trail that, that can get it done, really get it done, at a, at a high level. Um, now, it's funny that you said that, Howard, because I do think that that's going to be one of the byproducts of the college football expansion. The yeah. playoff expansion is because now I don't have to be a five-star kid. I don't have to go to Ohio State and sit and wait. I don't have to go to Alabama and sit and wait. I can make the playoffs if I go to Iowa. Like, you, like, let's just say we're all in high school, me, you, and a couple other people decide, what if we just went to Minnesota? We'll play mm -hmm. right away. We're good enough to make the playoffs, and once we get in the playoffs, you never know what happens. Yep. Or we could go sit and wait our turn at Alabama, at Clemson, at Georgia, because it's so stockpiled. I do mm -hmm. think that you're going to see a lot of movement with a lot of the top players that I think that these head coaches can now sell immediate playing time, but you'll also give us a chance to make the 12-team playoff when it was four, let's face it, so long as it's four, you could always pencil in three teams every year that's going to make it. Pretty much. And you could put normally you could put Alabama, you could put Georgia, you could put Ohio State, and it's really who's going to be that sacrificial lamb to get beat by the number one seed. Right now, yeah. I do think that to sit here and say, "Well, we can't get these kids to come here," mm, guys, kids want to play. Yep. You know this from your son being recruited. I'm mm -hmm. sure he that was one yeah. of the things, Dad. I want to play. If you right. can sell playing time, plus we got a decent program, and you got to have a legit shot at, at one of these twelve spots, it, it's got to change. Because if not, once again, you know, thank God that USC and UCLA is coming in. Because, man, I look at the West, and you know, you talked about the different recruiting classes, but you're right; mm -hmm. they got 19 people. You know, Ohio State may just have 11, but really, even though they got 11, their 11 are better than your 19. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the truth. And, and you know, I, I think 
you know, byproduct too is, you know, what I've, what I've equated going to that 12-team playoffs is kind of like uh, when you look at the NCAA basketball, right? It's a big deal you make it to the Sweet 16. Yeah. The Elite Eight. It's a big deal. I mean, you know, you're talking about that in your media guides. Uh, people are talking about that program. This is a program that's always, you know, gets to the Sweet 16 and they can make it into the uh, Elite Eight. And I think with the 12-team playoff, we're going to have that same kind of conversation. So you're right. You're going to be able to have more teams with an opportunity. But you mentioned something earlier that I think that, that really is the key for these, pro- to, for these programs to be able to make a jump and make a move. Um, and I, I go back, you know, when I went to Illinois, it was 86, the Flying Illini were coming in. Mm. And Urban Small, <laughs> Nick Anderson, you know, Steve Bartle, Kendall Gill, those guys had a relationship previous to ju- coming down uh, to Illinois. And what they decided was, we're all going to Illinois. Let's go to Illinois and we can build something. We can do, we can do some great things if we all come together. Some of these programs in the West, if they are fortunate enough to find that Pied Piper, and mm-hmm. normally it's got to be a quarterback. Normally it's a quarterback that's able to pull this off. Mm-hmm. So you know what? We're staying home. We're going to Illinois. Let's make this work. Yeah. We, we're all going to play right now. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And then they start recruiting one another and the other players that are in the state and the surrounding states. And, and that, to me, is the recipe for uh, a lot of these uh, Western teams to really be able to take the big jump. If they can find that one quarterback that can be the Pied Piper, mm-hmm. uh, that's what happens. Because when you look around the country, when you the, the quarterback, that top dog is usually the one, the first one into the class. Yeah, uh, yeah and you're right. That next he brings, a lot of, he brings a lot with him. He's going to bring a receiver. Why. Yeah, he's going to bring old linemen, running backs. Yeah, oh, you know what? You go in there, I want to go there too. You're no, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah. That does happen because yeah, the flying. I didn't know that about the flying the lion eye, but I do mm-hmm. know that there there's a coach in East Lansing that bet the house <laughs> on the city of Flint <laughs> and four players from there who didn't play. They played on separate high school teams, but they all mm-hmm. decided, what if we just came together and for the first time we were the team, and yeah. that was the, the, the you know with Antonio Smith. And Mateen mm-hmm. Cleese. But you're right. It was Antonio Smith. Mateen gets all the credit. He gets all the right. love. But Antonio Smith came out a year before, and he was the Pied Piper. Mm-hmm. And that's the one, like, Izzo has awards up for him. But you're right. If you get that quarterback, man, I, I think that you can. And, and and with the college football playoff expansion, I, I think that it's possible that it could happen. Because man, I, just, I just look at the West right now, and, man, it's, it's, it's almost like it feels – I, I I don't want to sound disrespectful, but it feels like varsity versus JV, Howard. Yeah, it, it's tough. But I, I'm going to tell you another quick story uh, about Michael Parsons, who eventually went to Penn State. But he was really close on Nebraska before Riley and that group got, got canned. I'd gone to a camp um, there. My son went, and it was, man, it was loaded. And I'm telling you, Nebraska fans showed up, and there were probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 15, no, probably 10 to 13,000 people that were at a high school football camp. Because some of the best players in the country decided, you know, we can go hang out in Nebraska. And Nebraska was really close on that 2018 class of having high-end players 
namely Micah Parsons. I know that, you know, he obviously went, went on to Penn State, but Nebraska was in the middle of that deal. And had Riley stayed, I would bet the house that there is a good chance he would have really decided wow. to make the move uh, and be at Nebraska because things were setting up really well for that class. And, you know, things fell apart after you had the coaching change. So that was one of those players. And Parsons was one of those players, too, who could, hey, you know what, this is what we're doing. We're all going over here. And he had that ability. So it's not just a quarterback, but that high-end player can have so much uh, juice and so much leverage because players want to play with good players. They do. And in the day and age now with all the seven-on-seven camps, these kids have an opportunity to spend so much time with one another on the seven-on-seven circuit, even if they're not on the same team, but they get a chance to see each other, you know, you know several times in a yeah. month in, yeah. in different tournaments. So that's kind of what the, the you know, some of the basketball camps used to be like. And, right. You know, I mean, the old saying, that, man, game recognizes game. I know you're just as good as me. You work just as hard as me. Instead of battling each other, what happens if we team up with each other? That's mm -hmm. all it takes. So we'll see what happens, man. But... All right, it'll be a big week, big week out for the West. Let's good good luck to your Illinois team, man. Hey, yeah, we'll see if they can rebound. I, I I think that they should. Don't really understand what happened before, but I think they'll be able to get it. For yeah, Howard, for Howard Griffith, Rico Beard. Thanks for watching the Five Star Zone. Keep watching, keep listening, keep subscribing. Keep telling your friends, man. We got a ton of stuff yes. here. Where else are you gonna hear about Nebraska? camps for high schoolers, but right here. <laughs> we'll be back next week with a recap of uh, what happens this weekend.